0: We, we sometimes, we walk out of here and we hear, while we are here in church, we hear what God says about us. But then we step outside these doors and we walk through a week and, and we, we allow a totally different perspective of ourselves to dominate our week. And what I want to do this morning is, I, 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 want, to, I want to launch the next four weeks. I, I just kind of want to open up this subject as we together look at it. Uh, the, the, our subject is, what are you thinking? And what I want to do is, I want to look specifically for four weeks at the Apostle Paul and what he learned early on with Paul we, we learned that Paul, when, when soon after he became a believer and as, as he was leading, leading the, the body of Christ in his day, Paul made this statement. This was not near the end of his life where he was, this was earlier on. He said, you know what? The things that I want to do, I don't, I don't do them. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing those things. And Paul, if you read Paul's writings One of the things that Paul clearly digs into is our thinking. What we think. The battle so often is in our mind. And the good news for you and I is that Paul didn't start out having conquered that battle. He started out like every single one of us. As a matter of fact, he came to Christ and when he, came to, when he became a follower of Jesus, Paul's life right before that was pursuing Christians and putting them in jail. And many of them ended up dying, putting them to death. That was Paul's life. And then he came to Christ and God began to change his thinking. That is what our subject is going to be for the next four weeks. And I tell you, I'm m- more excited about this series th- th- than, than I can tell you. By the way, if you were not here last week, as you leave this morning, our guest services team will be able to give you as many of these cards as you want. What is this? This is an, You're here. You and I are here. We are, we are a part of this tribe. Many of us are, a, most of us are a part of this family. This is an opportunity for someone else. It's an invitation for someone else to come in here. On this card, it simply says something extra to show you that God loves you. And so do we. And it says Camelback.cc. It's an invitation really to our website and then an invitation here. This is an opportunity for every one of us over the next year. I'm going to reference this over and over again. Over the next year, I'm going to be doing this in my own personal life. And I've invited our entire church family to do this. So as you leave, you can grab as many of these as you As I pull through a drive-thru, whether it's at McDonald's or Starbucks or, or whatever it is, I'm going to look in that rearview mirror. My question to the Lord is, Lord, do you want me? Is, is this a person? You look in that mirror. You may see a single mom there with a couple of kids. And you have no idea what, what God is doing in their lives. It's an opportunity you and I, to say to the person in the drive through window, I would like to pay for their lunch or their breakfast or whatever. And we pay for it. And we simply ask, would you simply just give them this card? And we as a church family over this entire next year, are going to give God the opportunity through our lives to reach beyond ourselves and invite people, not just here to Camelback, that's a big deal, but into the family of God. It is the easiest thing for us to do, and you can do it as often as you want, or how you, you figure that out, but together we're going to do it as a church. The battle in the mind. The Apostle Paul got to the place where he had this nailed. Paul got to the place where everything in his life was going against him. He was sitting in a Roman jail numerous times. And on one occasion, he's sitting in jail with with Silas. And they're thrown in this, this darkest part of the jail, And what do they do? (laughs) They start singing just like you and I were just singing. I'm a child of God. We don't know what the song was, but it was the same exact thing. And they were making a connection with God in worship and in song. And God, through his power, his mighty power, we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, through his mighty power, all of a sudden, the chains fell off their arms. The chains and the locks on the doors just fell loose, and the jail doors that had been there for hundreds of years, they they creaked open. And it was such a sudden change. God, by his power, moved in in a wonderful way. The battle begins in the mind. Paul didn't get there when he first began to follow Christ. But he, he began to walk through a process in his life in following Christ, where Christ took him from where, where he met him to the place where Paul actually had the battle in his mind won. And his natural response was the very response that God desired from him. He fought the battle over and over again and he won that battle. And then Paul writes to us a passage of Scripture that I want to look at together as as part of God's family, as his children. I want to read this passage because Paul tells us this information. You know what he's great at? He's great at saying, this is a problem. This is an area in your life that you need to pay attention to. This is something that's going on. This is something that God's doing. Then Paul Only gives us that information, but Paul also gives us the solution. He he gives us a pathway to get on. And then he tells us, if you will do this, this is what God will do. See, he not only tells us the problem, but he gives us the solution. In 2 Corinthians 10, "For for, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We don't respond to things the way the world responds. We don't move ahead in an area or in a confrontation the way the world does it. We are the body of Christ. See, we are, because we believed in Christ, we are children of God himself. The creator of the universe allowed us to be part of his family. He brought us into his family. We're now his children. Paul gives us clarity. The weapons we fight with are not ordinary, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. If you're taking notes, you want to underline that word power. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Underline that word strongholds. Power. In the Greek, the Greek word for this this word power is dunamis. It's the exact word that in our language we get the word dynamite from. Paul says we have this explosive power. We have this explosive power that has the ability to demolish strongholds. When I look up that word stronghold. It, 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 the, the word in the original language, it, it, it says a fortified prison. We have the ability and the power through what God is doing in our individual lives to explosively destroy fortified prisons, things that keep us imprisoned. We can be a prisoner and be locked up simply by deception. We can believe a lie about ourselves that will keep us in an area our entire life. And the enemy of our soul loves to to, to tell lies to help shape our thinking in any given area. And Paul says, the battle is in the mind. Don't believe the lies. Let's Paul says, let's go through a process of taking the lies out and planting God's truth in there, in place. We believe things like, God, God really doesn't love you. He really doesn't care about you. I mean, you know, he's focused on the universe. He's not really paying attention to what you're doing. And you haven't done that well anyhow, so why, why should he be paying attention to you? He really, he really doesn't care about you. Or you're never going to get over it. Or it's all, you're always going to hurt like this. You're never going to get on top of this situation he's going to be in debt, and he tells us lies, and we believe them. Paul says, let's not do that. Let's not allow him to do that. He goes on to say, we demolish, we crush, we destroy. Arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. If God says this, and our culture says this, and and we're we're sitting back here and we're thinking, well, this is what God says, but God's all the way up there, and this is what our culture says. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll embrace some of like right in the middle, Paul says, no, 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 we take captive every thought, he says, to make it obedient to Christ, every thought, Satan tells you a lie, you stop, and you take that thought, and you take it to a place Where you look at it, compare it to what God's word says, and you come out of that whole thing having made it obedient. Whatever you're going to accept and embrace has to has to line up and be obedient to Christ. I want you to write this down because this is a big deal. And I, I I want us, as a matter of fact, I want you guys to leave it on the screen for a minute. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Think about that, church. Your life, my life, is always moving. Our lives are, in the different areas of our lives, we are moving in directions. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Some people say, you know, to, to be a follower of Christ, to be a Christian, you really have to take your mind and put it on the shelf. That is absolutely not true. God expects you to 100% engage your mind. He gave you your mind. He gave you intelligence. Those are gifts from God designed by a creator way far beyond what we have the ability to understand. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, if you think, oh man, I, I, there's just no way I'm going to make it in these circumstances. I am just not going to pull this off. I am going to fail at this. You will. You will fail at it. But if your approach is, you know what, there's just no way I can do this, except the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ Christ who strengthens me. So I don't know how, but we are going to do this. And you will. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You'll notice on your notes, I gave you a report card. Everybody take your notes out. You're gonna, we're going to get you a report card today. You'll, you'll notice I have three different categories there, and I have a scale of one to 10. On the first one, I want I want you to I want you to do this for yourselves. You, are you a person that is more worried about things, or are you a person that is more peaceful about things? When it comes to any given area in your life, in terms in terms of well, what are people going to think about me? Are they they going to th- think that I Am I gonna worry about what they say, or or am I gonna be over here where I'm saying, you know what, people are gonna think what what they think, and no matter what, where are you on this number scale? Are are you? Worried about your job, or are you not worried about your job? Are you worried about your finances, or are you not worried about Do you tend to worry about things, or do you tend to trust God more? And now, and just circle a number there that's for you. Now, ladies, if your husband reaches over and he circles a number and to, to tell you where you he thinks you are, you have our permission as a church family to smack him on the back of the head so we all get to know that he did that, okay? So, circle where you are. Do you tend to worry or, or, or are, you, are you more peaceful? And the next one down, are you more negative or are you more positive? Are, are you a pessimist or are you an optimist? Where, where do you fall in that scale? Where, where do you, where do you, what, what kind of report are you going to give yourself? I can't, I can't believe she wore that outfit. I, I can't believe that, that he said... Or a more positive attitude. And then the third one, where would you place yourself? Would you say you're you're more worldly or that you're more, you focus more on eternal things? In other words, is it all for me? It's it's me and mine, and I want more, and and it's all about me, or, or, or is it, are you at a place where you recognize it's just not all about me? As a matter of fact, the better things in life are not about me. As a matter of fact, I enjoy giving more than I enjoy receiving. Where do you play? I, I, I want us to stop and think about what we think about. Over the next four weeks, we're going to, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul as he goes through this process and, and look at some of the things that he said in this passage of Scripture that we looked at. We're, we're, we're going to embrace that. Think about what we think about. I think all mostly about me, and what I can get. Do I worry? Am I, am I more negative? Do I worry about things, or am I more peaceful about things? Maybe you're worried about how long you think this message is going to be this morning? Or, doesn't matter to me if we get out at two o'clock. I won't take that as an invitation. Am am I satisfied or, or am I blessed? See, what, listen, what comes into our minds comes out of our lives. The battle is won in the mind. The way we think. See, the way we think determines the way we feel, which determines what we do we think about it first are you excited about where your thoughts are leading you you see if 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 one of the one of the things that dominate your thought process is pornography then that's going to come to the place where it dominates more of your thoughts and more of your lives. And there are other areas in our lives that, that we, 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 we let go of or, or we allow into our lives and, and they begin to grow. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. My life is also moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. There are two things I want to look at this morning. Paul not only gives us the problem, but he gives us the solution. I want to do that over the next four weeks. Number one, identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. Identify in your life the one thing that you recognize. You know what? I really should change that. Identify What what is the lie that I'm believing? What What is the deception that my life is enveloped in? Because here's the reality, church. Whenever we have a thought, our brain wraps itself around that thought. And the more we think repeated thoughts science and doctors tell us that when we repeat thoughts, we are developing neuro pathways in our brain that become a default pathway. In other words, it becomes easier and easier to go down the same path. And unhealthy paths are usually easier paths to go down than paths that are healthy. If you're dieting, you know that. If you struggle with self-image, the easiest path is to pull open the freezer door and grab that half a gallon of chocolate chip cookie dough. Ah, oh, that's easy. If I don't feel good about Or, Or, or we, can, we can be thinking, you know what? I mess everything up. Every every situation I go to, I make the wrong decision, or or I make a decision that I don't know if it's the right decision or the wrong decision. I I mess everything up. And we can believe that about ourselves. How many times has a frustrated parent said to a child something like, you you mess everything up? How many times has a frustrated dad said to his son, you're never going to amount to anything in life? And from that point on, that little phrase, you're never going to amount to anything in life, plays itself over and over again in the mind of that child and in the mind of that teenager and in the mind of that young adult. Our jails fill up because comments like that have played out in the battlefield of the mind. Paul says we need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Romans 12.2, Paul's writing, he says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, let's be in the process, church. He's talking, the church in Rome. Let's be in the process of allowing the creator of the universe himself to change our thinking. To take out things that are not true, lies. Where, where do lies come from? Lies come from the enemy. To take out things that are not true, not true and allow God to place in our very thought process things that are true. There's some things God cannot do. You know what God can't do? One of the things God can't do is he cannot lie. He cannot lie. He can only tell the truth. Satan, on the other hand, can only lie. I don't think he can tell the truth. Where does this thought come from? I believe that what you and I need to do is we need to identify the stronghold that is holding us back. We need to name it. We've got to call it out. You can't fight something that you can't even name. Call it out. You can't defeat it if you can't name it. We hear things like, I'm not lovable. I, I'm, I, you can tell in the relationships that I have that I'm I'm not lovable. Or, or I'm not I'm really not worth it. Or, or this is too hard. You'll never be good enough. We, we hear that. Somebody may have said something that that just gave us that impression, where I'm always going to have debt. We need to identify in each of our lives. Look, look, as a church family, if we're going to move forward, if we're we're going to to continue through this process that Paul is talking about, over the next four weeks, we're going to to look look at what God is talking about here. Identify the stronghold. In, in in your life in my life what is the what is the one thing what is the one lie that i'm believing that is keeping me where i am what is that what is a stronghold how does a stronghold happen in my life see if you and i are willing to do this process not not, not only will we capture whatever stronghold, and understand the lie about that stronghold, and allow God to change that area in our lives, but we're also going to be aware of this very process. See, a stronghold happens when, when we allow a little something into our lives. And, and it actually just kind of it kind of grabs onto our lives, and we we put up with it, and, and we think, well, that's okay. that's okay. I'll just look at this site once in a while, or or I'll I'll, I'll just I'll just go sneak once in a while to this relationship, or I'll, and, and we we actually allow it to, to grab onto us just a little bit, like our toe, you know, so it becomes a toehold. hole. And at any point, at any point, we, we could kick that sucker off and we could get right back on. But if we allow that, here's what will happen. If we allow it to continue, it will grow from just the toe to the whole foot. Then it will have a foothold in our lives. What, what, the, there are things in our lives that we have allowed to grow to that degree. And we shouldn't have. And and they're messing things up in our lives. And they're pulling us in the wrong direction. But we we just keep allowing it. And really, when when it's a a foothold, we we probably could get rid of it. I mean, we, we could take this foot and kick it off. Or we could find a way to get rid of that sucker. But we keep allowing it. And if we keep allowing it, it then becomes a stronghold where it has a hold, not just on that little area, but it controls our life. And it's a stronghold that we cannot get out of. And Paul says, you need to unlock the lock that is holding that there. You need to get rid of a stronghold in your life. And that battle plays out first in the mind. So, number one, we need to name it. Number two, we need to name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. We need to recognize the lie that we were believing and pull out of God's word the truth, what God says about that, and allow Him to take it out of our lives. I'm not lovable. The creator of the universe loves me so much he sent his son to pay the price through death for my sins. I'll never be able to do that. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm a child of God. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. Because we no longer want to travel on those unhealthy paths. We, we want to train our thinking so we don't end up on those. We want to demolish the very thought process. See, you and I think wrongly about different things. We believe wrongly about some things. There's so many things in our culture that I'm hearing now in politics, in our culture, in relationships, in in God's design or not God's design. There's so many things going on around us that, that our culture is believing lies. And some of it has creeped into some of our lives and we are believing lies. And God says, I, I have more for you. I gotta tell you, you know, I, and I've shared this before. About 10 years ago, our church reached a crossroads, crossroads and, and we had to decide what, you know, we had no senior pastor at, at that point. And, and our church board, I met with our church board and we were looking at that. And, and one of the board members said to me, pastor, because I was executive pastor, would you take the church? And I said, no. I said, I'll be here for whatever I need to do, but, but no. Do you know why I said no? Because I didn't believe that I had what it took to be a senior pastor. Now Everybody else around me thought I did, but I didn't believe that. I, I said, and then the guys asked me a, a couple of them again, and, and, and I said, no. And I mentioned to Karen, the board asked me again if I would take the church, and she just looked at me and said, well, did you pray about it? I just looked back at her and said, No. Why would I pray about it? I know the answer to this. See, we believe things that are not true. All of us, we do this stuff. Paul says, Whoa, you got to take every thought captive. What What does God's word say about that? And here's the deal, the good news for us. Paul started right where we are. He started ground zero. And Paul got to the place where this was just the normal path. Doesn't matter what's coming at me. Doesn't matter what's going on in my life. What does God have to say about that? Paul, Paul got to the place where they did all kinds of stuff. For He was in jail more times than probably most criminals are for sharing the gospel. And Paul's response is, let's see what God does next. And he keeps on going in, uh, through the, through, through, doesn't matter what it is, jail or whatever. He starts singing and praying. See, he won the battle in his mind. And he turns to the church and he turns to you and I and says, you have got to take the time to win this battle. You can be locked in a prison in your mind And the only lock on the door is a lie. And we allow that in our lives. Look what he says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war the way the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not ordinary, are are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, to explode strongholds. That's why... Silas and I just started singing. The chains fell off. The doors opened up. Divine power. We are his children. He has that for us. To demolish lies and break strongholds. I don't share this with, with our church family because this is a nice idea or it's a theology to embrace. I share it because what God wants to do in our lives is that. We have toeholds, footholds, and strongholds in areas of our lives that he wants us to live in freedom of. Are you dealing with anger? Are you being tempted in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in? From, from big stuff to small stuff. Paul says, we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Take captive. In the Greek, that means to arrest or seize. And the context is in the context of of a soldier in full armor with his shield, his helmet, his full armor, and his sword. We take captive, he says. We arrest and we seize every thought. We capture the lie and we subject it to the truth of God's word. God can't lie, so we know the lie is not from him. It's a lie, so I'm not going to believe it. You know the problem with a lie? The problem with a lie is most of the time there's an element of truth to it. Satan says, look at your past. That's your future. That may be your past, but that's the only true part of it. God's word says, your future is, the future I have for you is different than that. We need to fully understand because part of the lie is true that does not mean it dictates what the future is. Your family may have gone through a horrible situation and the enemy of your soul is saying, you see that? That's where you guys are. And God says, no, you've been through that but I'm I'm going to take you there, and I'm going to use that in your life to not just take you there, but to bring other people along with you. We capture a lie, and we fight it with God's truth. Yeah, there's some truth in it. The truth in it would be, I'm not good enough. You know what the truth is, people? On my own, I'm not good enough. On my own, I'm not good enough. On my own, I can't lead this church. On my own, I can't lead my life. But the good news is, I'm not on my own. I'm never alone. He said, I will never leave you. The creator of the the universe, my heavenly father, my savior will never leave me. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Godly life? I can't live a godly life. What is a godly life? It means living a life that God would approve of. I can't do that. If you can do that on your own, I'll, I'll resign tomorrow. You can come up here. We can't do that. But we're not alone. And the more I walk in this, the more his pathway becomes clear. Paul says it starts in the mind. But if you'll address it in the mind, it'll change everything as you walk through life. The Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word will light up the path so I know where to go. And not only that, it will be a, light, a lamp to my feet. So every single step I take, there will be clarity. And the more we do this, the more we create these neurological pathways for God to work through in a positive way as opposed to a negative way. And travel through life becomes easier. And his truth becomes the standard default in our life. And it's the very process he desires to do in not just the apostle Paul's life, but every single one of our lives. And he's in the process of doing it. The more we are here on a Sunday, the more he's doing it. The more time we spend in his word. I, I, I know, I know I should do it every day, but I don't get to do it every day. But the more we do it, the more we allow him into our lives, the more he changes our very thought process. Your life is moving. It's always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And when our thoughts are on him, he is changing us. Satan's lies are going out. Because Satan's lies are to us. But God's truth is to you, for you, and through you, and through me. Let's stand together this morning. Over the next three weeks. We're gonna open. I just kind of cracked it open this morning. We're gonna look at this for four weeks straight. Matter of fact, Shavian is coming in from South Africa on the, on the last Sunday of this series, and Shavian uh, will be doing this. And I'm I'm looking forward to having him wrap this up. And it's just gonna be a great time together, church. The battle is in the mind, and we allow we give our mind. We open up our mind. To so much, Paul says, take every thought captive. Lord, thank you for not just creating people who would only do what you want them to do. In other words, robots. But thank you, Father, for giving us a mind. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be a part of what you are doing on this planet. Father, I pray that as we walk through these next four weeks, that we will allow you to take some things out of our thinking that should not be there and put things into our thinking that you have designed and you have created and you have, through your grace and mercy and love, given to us. Lord, I ask that you do it in your precious and holy name to our church family. Let me just say this this morning. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. See, Jesus died on a cross, willingly, willingly laid his life down to pay for your sins and my sins. It's something that we could never do for ourselves. But God provided the sacrifice that would take care in a fallen and broken world, would take care of the penalty, the price for our sins. And by believing that Jesus is the Son of God and He willingly laid His life down to pay for your sins, if you believe that, you become a child of God. That means you are what we refer to as saved. Even the Bible refers to that. And that means when you die and leave this planet, you will automatically be with your Father in heaven. You're automatically a part of His family when you believe that. Maybe you've never done that, and you would like to say, you know what, I want to do that. I want to know where I'm going. I I accept that gift, and I want to be a part of His family. I think with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is just a great opportunity. If you'd like to do that, just slip your, just for for me to know, because God sees your heart and he knows if you've just already done it. But if you'd like to do that, simply put your hand up, put it right back down this morning, right now. Yes, Father, Lord, thank you so much for not only providing us with a brain, thank you for preserving your word for us, so that we could have the knowledge and have the ability to come to you and accept you as our Savior. And, Father, thank you for the work that you're doing here in our church family. As we step out into this day, Lord, bless our day. We honor you. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Everyone said amen.